HMS Renown was clawing her way southward under reefed topsails, a westerly wind laying her over as she thrashed along, heading for those latitudes where she would pick up the northeast trade wind and be able to run direct to her destination in the West Indies. The wind sang in the taut weather rigging and blustered round Bush's ears as he stood on the starboard side of the quarter-deck, balancing to the roll as the roaring wind swept one massive grey wave after another, hurrying at the ship. The starboard bow received the wave first, beginning a leisurely climb, heaving the bowsprit up towards the sky. But before the pitch was in any way completed, the ship began her roll, heaving slowly over, slowly, slowly, while the bowsprit rose still more steeply. And then, as she still rolled, the bows shook themselves free and began to slide down the far side of the wave with the foam creaming round them. The bowsprit began the downward portion of its arc as the ship rose ponderously to an even keel again, and as she heeled a trifle into the wind with the ascent of the sea under her keel, her stern rose while the last of the wave passed under it. Her bows dipped, and she completed the corkscrew roll with a massive dignity to be expected of a ponderous fabric that carried five hundred tons of artillery on her decks. Pitch, roll, heave, roll. It was magnificent, rhythmic, majestic, and Bush, balancing on the deck with the practised ease of ten years' experience, would have felt almost happy if the freshening of the wind did not bring with it the approaching necessity for another reef, which meant, in accordance with the ship's standing orders, that the captain should be informed. Yet there were some minutes of grace left him, during which he could stand balancing on the deck and allow his mind to wander free. Not that Bush was conscious of any need for meditation. He would have smiled at such a suggestion were anyone to make it to him. But the last few days had passed in a whirl. From the moment when his orders had arrived and he'd said goodbye to his mother and sisters, he'd had three weeks with them after the Conqueror had paid off, and hurried to Plymouth, counting the money he had left in his pockets to make sure he could pay the post-chase charges. The renown had been in all the flurry of completing for the West Indian station, and during the thirty-six hours that elapsed before she sailed, Bush had hardly had time to sit down, let alone sleep. His first good night's rest had come while the renown clawed her way across the bay. Yet almost from the moment of his first arrival on board, he'd been harassed by the fantastic moods of the captain, now madly suspicious and again stupidly easy-going.